it, it is wonderful to chat with you all. Honestly, it truly is. Uh, Joe, Cl uh, Clint Farrell it is just a wonderful, wonderful film. Bliss is a ride and beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, thank you so much for the chance to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, Joe, where did where did the film come from? Where where did this wild idea begin? Um, well, you know, it started um, a couple of years ago. It's like three years ago. I, um, you know, I I live in Brooklyn, New York. I teach in Boston, in Emerson. And so I have these very long weekly drives that I do. And I would talk to Clint. I'd get on the phone with Clint who um, moved to LA from New York many, many years ago. And, um, and you know, we'd made uh, our first film together, Virgil Bliss in 2001. Um, and we've been, you know, the best of friends ever since then and have made other films. Um, and so on these drives uh, between Boston and New York, we would just be talking about ideas, different things and things we were reading and what we were eating and cooking. And the, I don't know who came up with the idea, but I think Clint, I feel like you, you've always sort of said, you know, we should always do a sequel to Virgil Bliss. And then I think we just started chatting about what it, what it might look like. And then you had, had had recently worked with Farrell and you said, well, I just work or I've been working with this person that we need to absolutely let's let's do this. Let's like let's get you know Farrell, Farrell involved. And and it just started with conversations, really. And and I remember the first phone call with Farrell. Clint, you had to get off at one point, and I continued talking with Farrell, and we just um, we just were just batting, literally like starting whole cloth. Like what would happen? What could happen um, to Virgil after we leave him in this in in the the the, the prequel in, in in Virgil Bliss? That film basically ends with Virgil, um, his his attempts at redeeming himself. He he's just gotten out of prison after being there for twelve years. Um, he wants to live a normal life. He does everything he can. He makes a lot of bad choices, and he ends up um, killing his best friend um, and taking his first drink in in twelve years. And then we end, and we thought, okay, now what? What what happens? And so that's really where the conversation began. I think with this idea of redemption, certainly, um, and and then just and then it was just brainstorming. Is do I have that right? Farrell and Clint. I mean, it feels like that's how it started. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, it's interesting how um, COVID kind of played into it, I think, a little bit. Uh, be, Farrell and I had been working in the theater piece, had been working in a class, a scene study class. A friend of mine was teaching uh, on Blackbird, uh, the Scottish play. Um, and it was just such a great experience. Like we really threw ourselves into it. And, and so we had talked about putting the play up here in, in Los Angeles and then COVID hit literally like within weeks and everything started to close down. Um, the theater, we couldn't go back into the theater. Uh, it, it was really a, a very, as you know, it's a very strange time for everyone. And uh, people were dying. It was, People were sick, some people weren't. And so then Joe and I started talking 
And it, <laughs> I have to say that in some ways it was mortality that all of us, when we were young, Joe and I met on Harlan's graduate thesis film back in 90, was it 94, 92, something like that? I mean, 90, 90, 95, 1995, I think. 95. Harlan, Harlan, Harlan Bosmajan is the, is the guy who shot Bliss, but he shot Virgil Bliss back in 1999 or 2000. Um, and so, yeah, and that's where Clint and I met on his NYU thesis film. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. so we met on, I read uh, an ad in Backstage. <laughs> you know, this was before computers or, or pretty much uh, any any workable computer that didn't use DOS. And um, and, <laughs> and we met we met at the audition. I remember Joe at the audition in this long table uh, over in the, um, over at, uh, in the NYU building, and uh, uh, and then before long, we were in we were in Buffalo, New York, on on a lake in the winter time. I was in a canoe, and they had a thirty five millimeter film camera strapped to the front of a boat. <laughs> it was just absolute insanity, and uh, and we all bonded in that almost near death experience there. I think so. Uh, Years, so the years went by, we, we had theater, we had a theater group, we started to write, that's how Virgil Bliss came into being. Um, we we wrote and, and we're always, uh, you know, just always involved in the process. And so after we moved to LA in 2007, uh, we were all doing our own thing in the same business, but not working on our own projects in a way together. So. We started to talk during COVID and said, "Look, man, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm feeling like I want to return to becoming a savage again. I can't take this anymore, <laughs> you know." And we got to write something that allows us. I think the world right now needs. We're so glued to these screens, and we're so glued to these, uh, this kind of virtual reality that we need something real, something like it. Just we need something that is not ironic, that actually is 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 not cute it it actually has a real human connection here and so we started to talk about some various scenarios and um and then arrived at well what what do you think happened to Virgil at the end of the at the movie you know he has just killed his best friend he just starts drinking um the woman he was in love with it was a junkie she leaves the apartment and leaves him there runs out and we assumed that she had probably not survived and uh, and so we had this idea of virgil he was out on the west coast just like so many of us do is people go west to reinvent themselves or to hide out and no better place than santa clarita to uh to disappear <laughs> anyway, that's a long-winded version of how we got started. See, that's incredible because one of the things I love about this film now, even more listening to this story, is that this is a sequel that doesn't need to be one. Like this is what this is one of those incredible films that stands on its own. And if you haven't seen Virgil Bliss, uh, which I haven't, I haven't seen the the original one, this works. 
and it works it's just as beautiful but at, even as a sequel it feels so natural like it just feels like an honest next step for any character and you don't have to know about virgil to meet mm -hmm. Dwayne, if you will yeah it's it's incredible um what yeah we i mean my assumption was not a whole lot of people had seen virgil bliss i mean virgil bliss did very well for you know his little independent film and was nominated for a couple independent spirit awards and played festivals all over the world but we 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 were not under the illusion that that the world was holding its breath waiting for right. you know to the sequel to Virgil Bliss and that this was going to have to you know stand stand on its on its own as as a film that you know maybe no one even knows that there was you know a, 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 the, the the prequel or the the original Virgil Bliss well, and and it's funny because the whole the whole way of the film, I was waiting. I was I, I you know the film's called Bliss, and now I can see the the hand being tipped early. But I was waiting for these characters to find their bliss, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, as they're as they're fumbling through Santa Clarita and the the dryness. Oh my gosh, the terrain of this place is just you can almost feel how dry it is just as a viewer um but we got very lucky we got very very lucky with the locations and um i don't even know why exactly i think i think i just wanted to get out of brooklyn for a while and and i think maybe you guys you guys were in in la and i was like all right let's do it in la and we'll pick it up we'll pick up the story virgil's a fugitive he's living off the grid in the desert somewhere and then, but then the reality set in, it was like, oh my God, it's going to be like dangerously hot. And, and we don't have the re we didn't, we don't have the resources for, you know, air conditioned trailers. And, um, and so it really informed how we went about looking for locations and, and, um, and we got, just got very, very lucky. Paula Killen, our producer knew someone out in Santa Clarita who said that we could use her land um, for um, you know one of the scenes, and when we went out to check check this out, we were like, "Wow, actually, her house might work as sort of the you know the 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 central house where most of the action takes place." And she and um, 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 this friend of Paula's, Joan. Um, was was completely into it and she was about turned to into a re remember she, she was about yeah, to that's what i'm saying what are the chances there are horses there and she uh, said do whatever you want mess up the house i'm about to renovate yeah so, yeah perfect. it was like so, it was such a gift because we we had looked at locations the idea at first was a much more uh kind of stereotypical location that was a little bit more um run down and and out in the desert it really was like 105 degrees or more and there'd be no way to secure equipment or anything else if you didn't if you would have we would have had to have lived in the place while we were making the movie wow. and I, you know i'm not as young as i used to be <laughs> i just didn't know if i wanted to live in a in a uh, abandoned building for, <laughs> for the duration but uh 
so we started writing when we wrote the story it took us you know like a year or so I, I guess we went back and forth uh the three of us were writing this this story and it went through so many different changes uh before it arrived it was a year almost a year i think no, right it was, no, 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 well I, it was it was a school year it was like it was two semesters so yeah, what is that yeah. eight, eight months yeah Right. We, yeah. we started talking, didn't we start talking in like around January and then we filmed in the summer? Yes. No, I think we started talking at the end of the my fall semester, I feel like. Oh, and then I just and, remember really and then yeah, and then we and then yeah, so what what is that? Like, I don't know, if we said December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, like eight months. It was, I, I would say, roughly. Um, yeah. 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 But but to just really quickly, I, th I think this is kind of interesting, and I think it speaks to the kind of filmmaking that, that went into to getting this done. You know, this thing, this idea of the locations, it's not just set dressing, you know, like we, so this house, we found this house, it wasn't perfect. It was a little bit night. It was in fact a lot nicer than what I wanted. And we didn't have the budget for production design to really mess it up, to really make it look the way we had envisioned that Amy and Dwayne, you know, Dwayne, AKA Virgil were living. We wanted them to be really like living on a mat, dirty mattress thrown on the ground, like really living at a very base existence. And so we had to reimagine the characters. And so Amy, they weren't completely on the edge. They were people who had probably, or Amy at least, had lived a kind of mainstream life and was married and had a husband. And just like so many, this is how it happens, like opioid addiction. You know, people, maybe she had a little accident. She got, you know, hooked on these painkillers and, 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 and it started to wear on the marriage and, and, and the marriage ended and she got this house. And so now they're living there and it's kind of run down. They've let it go. And that to me felt so much more real and organic and, and, and tr really transformed the story from this kind of actually cliched vision of, you know, people doing drugs to what it's probably more really like it's, it's, you know, um, um, and and to me that's more harrowing. Um, so, um, but but I just wanted to speak to that. It was you know yeah. we really do take you take something that might seem like a limitation. Okay, the location's not exactly what we want. We don't have the budget to to do what we want with it. So we work with it. We you know we don't we we find a way to make that um, part of the story. And and I think it was effective. And I think that's why we were able to to get you know as much as we did. From with what with the resources we had and the horses too the same with Paula Kellen we originally wrote this that Virgil worked in as a welder and we wanted the sparks of the helmet to be the opening shot of revealing him yeah. and all the welding because of COVID they were working 24 7 like uh, guys so there was no place that we could get and she said well I have a, a like a, a ranch but you know and we thought, wow. And so we were there and a farrier came to redo the horse's hooves and grind the horseshoes and things. And he was so awesome. So he put all the chaps on me and was like, here, grab this horse. And my daughter rides horses. And I, I told her, hey, you know, I got to work. It's, 
it, it was amazing, this guy. So he said, you can just grind. If you need sparks, we can grind the horseshoe. Because fire in California is really tricky. It was so dry and it was the risk of fire. So we couldn't do a lot of things that way that we wanted to do. But it ended up being so beautiful that we were able to have horses uh, in the, you know, as his job working, you know, cleaning these, bucking these stalls and cleaning uh, uh, these, uh, that's at this ranch, you know, as a handyman. And uh, so sometimes you just get these great blessings and you, you run with it. It, it evolved. That's really fascinating because it's the film is evolving um, and it becomes what it is. And it all it like I said, it all works so well. Like this, this is such a beautiful piece. Um, Farrell and Clint, I want to talk. I want to ask you both about your characters here because they're fascinating characters. You know, both of them not to put too fine a point on it, have their secrets. Um, and, and almost their double lives, you know, certainly in different ways the, we see these characters that are fighting, uh, fighting their dark side, if you will, in, in different ways. And, and I would love to hear from you both because there's this constant conversation about whether or not they're bad people. And I would love to hear from you what you think either makes a bad person or whether or not your characters are. I don't think an actor, I don't think most actors would say that any of their characters are bad people. Because right. if you judge them, then it's like, then, you know, you don't really give them a chance. I, I don't think, I think Joe um, is a good person. And I think she wants to be a good person. And she, I don't know is optimistic about people she she's very optimistic um she's uh at a lot of parts and then then she turns to uh goes from wishy-washy jesus to angry jesus uh in a couple of spots she's a fascinating character there's a lot of anger that she has that i think comes out but it's complex i don't think it's just that she's like got a bone to pick I think it's like sexual and it's it's anger and it's like a lot of things that she doesn't understand but she she needs to tie this guy to the bed you know and she's got to get the truth out which is something I think she's really interested in the truth yeah absolutely absolutely um Clint, what what about you? What what would you say to Can I can I just oh, add something ahead, to what Farrell was to Farrell? I think Farrell was so we I, I had initially seen Joe as maybe she's just putting on an act, maybe I I had I had I was almost going down the sort of cliched like holy roller kind of route and Farrell kept her really ground like she was legit she, yeah. she this is what she believes in and it was so it was so that was such the decision to make it's like you know she has suffered so much she's endured so much um and this is what she believes and this is what sort of keeps her powder dry and and there's no need to make fun of it and and you just you played her straight up and when she needs to get tough she got tough she would not be a victim she was not going to let this go and i thought that was that's what made the character for me it's like 
she's not a joke. She takes this very seriously. When she shows up at the church at the end, it's like she she is who she who she is. And um, I'm very glad I did not, I was not successful in taking us down a sort of more um, ironic or jokey kind of caricature of, of like the holy people, roller. I know people like, like I have so many relatives that are like this woman and particularly my aunt and a little bit my birth mother, like I, their love of Jesus and their belief in praying and and um, it's very real, it's very sincere. And um, I that's not what my life is. And so I, it was fun to inhabit that. Yeah, and give, you know, really let it speak for itself. It's very earnest, I hope. Well, it comes across that way. That's what I mean, Joe, like your character is so like, it, it, that's why I think it's so fascinating. And I like, they, they feel very honest and authentic. Like these, these feel like real people. And, and in her case, like the faith aspect of her character, I never sensed it was ingenuine, uh, not for a moment, but then, but then it takes a turn and it's, it's, it's very interesting to see that aspect of her. Right. You know, it's like, yes, I believe that. But this is really, you know, this is it as well. And this balance back and forth and even the way that the character plays out, you know, as the film goes on, you still see that that's who she is. It's incredible. It's an incredible performance, incredible character. Thank you. So, Joe, one of the things we keep hearing about Joe is she keeps telling Dwayne that she thinks he has a good heart. Um, for, for all of you. How can you tell that about a person if you like how how can somebody be intuitive of that? Isn't that like our one job as like human beings to sort of sniff out the good people and the good hearts, which I, I honestly think that probably most people have great hearts. And um I but I think in a way she believes Wayne has a good heart, but it's also it's a little bit manipulative because she's trying to get information out of him. And so she's like, I know you're good. I know you're going to tell the truth. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's both. Mm. I, 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 I felt like in that scene, when you say that the first time, you're just trying to, you're trying to butter him up. Mm. But in Clint, you can, I don't know what you were thinking this but what the what I love in your reaction is that he really needs to hear that. And he takes it. He maybe on some level knows that she's just buttering him up, but he'll take it because he needs he needs to hear that. But anyway, that I think that that to me was a, was the dynamic at that point in the story. But Clint, you would obviously know more than, than me. about. Yeah, it. I, I mean, I think Virgil Bliss, the original, you know, Virgil Bliss that we the much younger Virgil Bliss in Brooklyn was trying when he got out of prison to, earnestly uh, to do something good, to be good, to go straight, to have a good life. And he's a guy that he's not a person that thinks, you know, he's, he's not a, a person who's a, a philosopher or think he's, 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 he doesn't have the tools. And he didn't have the tools then in Brooklyn getting out of, out of jail. But the thing he does have in the movie is he falls in love with this woman and he tries really desperately uh, to, to make something out of it, 
to, to prove himself. He gets a job. He tries to do all the right things. And <clears throat> things just go south <laughs> for him. And he's one of those people that just feels like, why am I current? Like, why has the world uh, done this to me? I know I've done this bad thing, which he did. He went to jail because he... Um, he killed a store owner. Well, he almost killed a store. He beat up a store owner after the store owner killed his cousin during a, a robbery. Um, but he's been paying penance for that. For there's a scene in the original Virgil Bliss with group therapy where he breaks down, um, and he and he's still living with that loss. But I think at this point, with Joe, with the two of them, to fast forward really quickly to I think what you were asking and uh, and and it's an interesting thing because for us i think thematically redemption is at its at the core of the movie that we we all want love we all want to be okay we all want and i think i honestly think Dwayne had the plan that that amy was gonna he would just die there i mean that would be his he would stay he would not face the shame of his past he would stay Dwayne he was probably addicted to opiates because of the work he did um the manual labor we didn't want to make it that obvious you know like he hurts his back and gets more you know he has to but he's now an addict and he the relationship between Amy and and Dwayne was one that almost seemed we were we talked a lot about that too where it was almost a, you know, almost like like a, a father daughter or, or siblings or something that they had this relationship, but he didn't expect that she was going to go before him. And I think that that's what really took him down was that that turn of life where you don't think that things are going to work that way, and suddenly here here you are with your master plan, which is to just go out quietly and disappear and I have to face the shame of, of your destroyed life history. And, and then this event happens, which happens early in the movie. And I think uh, it's, you know, and, and I, and I loved the way Farrell, I loved Farrell's Amy because she was sort of, she was really inspired of her addiction. She just had a spark of life too. There was, she wanted to make plans. She asked him, do you ever think about not doing anymore? And, and he says, why, why would I not do it anymore? And, and it's just, it's such a sad thing when now he's left with that and she goes. And then when Joe comes, I, I think when she says he has a good heart, I mean, <clears throat> so much has just transpired. <laughs> he's trying to, to deal with just <clears throat> it's it's one of those things that when we something has happened to us so catastrophic i mean we we've, we've had this death and we've had to deal with it in the best way that we knew without having to call the police uh, and then the sister shows up uh, and says you're a, you're actually i think you're a good person i think he really needed to to hear that uh, through, and it, and in many ways, I think she does. She does allow him to live again. I mean, it, it there is a certain it, we didn't intend it, but there's a, a certain sort of 
Christ-like thing about being strapped to the bed and the mm. and and the you know he's sort of crucified to the bed and well and then and he's then baptized the shower you know like it's very you're right I never made those comparisons but yeah absolutely yeah and then they both are they both sort of <laughs> wash away their sins gosh who am I. <laughs> Yeah. Well, 12 years of Catholic school, guys. 12 years of 12 years of Christian brothers. I, it's 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 baked into me. <laughs> That's well, it. I, I um that's why I'm a Hebrew school dropout. I'm a super super Jew. I don't know. I was. And but I'm like obsessed with Christianity in such a way, like it's such an other. And in all of my all of my work, I it always orbits Christianity. It's so strange. It's like this thing I'm fascinated by, but know nothing about. Cheers. <laughs> but yeah, I, so I do think, yes, I think, I think at the end, Virgil, you know, he's being, or Dwayne, I have a hard time calling him Dwayne. <laughs> he's, he also had more of a spark in the first movie in a way. And now we see him and he's much more stoic and much, you know, uh, more internal and just trying to keep trying to live day to day. And uh, I think that it gave him the ability to go see the woman that raised him uh, who's dying. And in spite of the fact that it's going to, he's wanted for murder and he's, he's probably going to go back to jail if he gets arrested uh, but it's something that he now is now living in the present and in he in spite of himself is now now present and lit and alive and having to make life choices for himself um so that other plan was kind of off the table and uh and when joe comes back into the and into the church it kind of comes full circle in that um, in that redemption, I think, for both of them. Yeah. You know. Oh, ab absolutely, and like I said, it's it's such beautiful character work um, from start to finish. Um, we're 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 starting to run out of time. I'm just wondering for the three of you, like this is a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for this. What do you hope people take away from Bliss? <laughs> well, I, I, you know what? I'll, I'll jump in. I'll, I hope that, <clears throat> you know, it's the kind of movie that I love that that I feel like I'm seeing less of. I find I'm, I'm watching a lot of older movies now, like films from the '70s or you know the '90s, whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm rewatching those. Like I just rewatched the friends of Eddie Coyle the other night. And I was like, it was like taking a warm bath. It just, because I feel like it's not dealing with, um, current affairs or topics. It's not topical to me. It's pretty universal. It's pretty archetypal. And it gets at these experiences that, that dog me and that and, and the things that I'm wrestling with and that my father wrestled with and my mother and you know and and their fathers and mothers and and 
And so I hope that it, I hope that that comes through. I hope that, I hope people, I hope anyone of any age can watch this film and be like, yeah, I, I see myself in that story, even though it's definitely a story that's taking place on the edge of, of society, you know, um, that would be my, my hope uh, is that, is that people see themselves that it has that, that universal um, appeal. I, what about I you guys? So yeah, I, I hope that people see uh, themselves in there's the, to me as an actor, I think often we, I mean, we do our work for the audience. That's why we do it. I think I, I love the work I do, but it's like a, my mentor said to me, it doesn't matter what you feel, Clint, it matters what the audience feels. <laughs> when I began my acting journey many decades ago, but it's still true today. And I think, I hope the audience feel, it makes them feel something. And, and I, I hope that it makes them reflect on their own life when, because we're telling their story. And even though these are characters of fiction, nonfiction is really the way we, we tend to work as humans. We draw on our own experience about the things that we, we love and the things we regret and the things that we lose. And, um, and I hope that they walk out of the theater uh, reflecting on, on their own life and, and how these characters affected them. I mean, in the movies that I love, I still reflect on them oftentimes, some of the moments. Uh, and because it, for some reason, resonates in my own life, uh, it, even though it could be a movie like Apocalypse Now, it's still, those moments are so visceral and, and so moving to me. It's why, I guess it's why I love movies and acting and why we all do. We love storytelling as, as humans because it's really our story being told over and over. And I hope it's well told and I hope that they, they do take that away. Now, I know in the words of Tennessee Williams, he says, yes, but uh, you know, they'll only stand up and stretch in the air conditioned comfort of the theater after the lights go come up and say, well, well, and you'll say, didn't you see anything? And they'll say, yes, but my ex-wife was behind me uh, sitting behind me the whole <laughs> performance. So, so I, I don't have I don't have any illusions that it's going to be greater than their own life going on at the time. <laughs> but hopefully in those quiet moments in the theater, it, we, it, these these things that came to us as we we as the characters came to us will will also come to them and they'll, and they'll get that catharsis, you know, so to speak. Yeah, I just thought that very simply, and this is, I think I've been mocked for saying this before, but I, I just, I think a movie is just a ride that you go on and you just go on the ride. And I just hope people disappear a little bit and just watch the movie and just get um, in, invested in some small emotional way. That's it. And I hope someone with financing sees it and gives us money to make because there's a third installment that we want to make as well. So that's another. Further, the further adventures of bliss. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Virgil returns to the to where it all began to Jackson, <laughs> Mississippi to confront. So it's it's a new it's a it's a it's it's a 
it, it takes the redemption a step further. So Virgil has redeemed himself, but now he's got to deal with this problem of redemption, which is that sometimes other people have something to say about it. And these people that want revenge um, are, are who I think in, 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 in the third installment is, is really, it's a showdown between Virgil and, um, and the the yeah. children of, um, this. of this of this of this guy that, that Virgil almost killed. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's going to be like a, a seven samurai of Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, I I would love to see it. I would love to see it. And thank you all, honestly, so well, thank much. Thank you so much. This thank has you. been thank wonderful. You, I appreciate it. Blessings. Have a great day, and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you.